You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Hello and welcome back to another edition of The Elevator's Cut. I'm one of your hosts, Roger Gaddis. And I'm your other host, Jason Wheeler. And we are glad to finally be joined by a, by a guest today. Yeah. People are probably sick of hearing us ramble. Oh, there's no probably about it. And uh, spout off about... I, I usually end up ranting about something. So anyways, and then you just egg me on. But anyways... So today we have somebody else to rant about things, which is great. Old friend of the show, Scott Hardy. Uh, Scott, thanks for coming back on the show. Awesome. Glad to be here. All right. we uh, Scott, was it was a couple episodes that we did early on in the podcast, and he has the famous story of uh, <laughs> laughing so hard he fell off a bucket of beans in a grain elevator office because somebody said... Uh, Somebody was singing. Somebody was going to be singing, and he said, "I'd, I'd rather listen to a dog fart." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, the dog fart story. That's uh, this, this that's going to be great. Is, uh, yeah. So, long time uh, industry professional, uh, men- mentor to both of us, and uh, just all around great person. So we're we're fantastic. Thrilled that he. I was lecturing again. I was lecturing a college class one time, and I went in there. I told them I'm going to tell some stories and the professor said well Scott's here he likes to tell stories so I finished the class I was telling grain merchandising stories I finished the class and the kid I said you know are there any questions of course you never expect question the kid raised his hand which the butterflies start I'm thinking he's going to ask something I don't know and he he said are you not going to tell the dog fart story (laughs) all right (laughs) <laughs> so 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 that i like where did you hear that and he said i heard it from the podcast you know oh, that's awesome. and he's not the only person that's ever asked me that so <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds like we got the idea for our next t-shirt now well <laughs> like always when the podcast comes up we apologize but <laughs> anyways it's uh no it's good so so scott for the for those who don't know scott uh long history in the grain business uh, I, I guess you'd say semi-retired now, but still uh, serving in, in a role in the industry. We'll we'll uh, talk about more uh, later. But uh, yes, yeah, so Scott was an employee for White Commercial or a customer, you know, since the early '80s, uh, all the way through, uh, even till now. He's kind of still associated with us. Uh, so Scott's got like like uh, Roger said, been been around a lot, taught us a whole lot of stuff, and a lot of people we. We know uh, at White Commercial taught taught a bunch of folks a lot of stuff. Anyways, and he's he's a world renowned storyteller. To everybody who knows him, so we wanted to get him on the podcast. He's he's got so many stories. That's not even his best one. The dog fart story is phenomenal, and would be most people's best story. But yeah, it's might not even yeah. make top five. It's incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anyways, we're we're coming up on this summer, and one of our favorite stories, Roger and I's story, and and this is good because this is a guy who. Travels around, helps grain elevators all over the country. Did it for a lot of years, and and everything. And one, we're coming. It's the summer. It's the middle of the summer. It's getting hot out, and July first is uh, right around the corner. And one of our favorite, the one of the greatest stories of all time, is the the July first story. Is what we 
what it's lovingly referred to as, and it's never been on on this podcast. So right, and we're coming up on the anniversary, so I thought, what are, you know, there's a good chance we might release this episode by then, so it ought to hit just right. Yeah. So so Scott, tell us the July first story, if you will. Okay, so I'll have to say that I I told myself that I was only going to share it with males, <laughs> but. I have told it to females before, like my daughter-in-law and things like that, yeah. but not, I never broadcast it out there. So it was July 1st, 2014. The most important part of the story, you're probably going to say, why are you talking about this? The most important part of the story has to do with blackberries, not the little phones, but the plants. So, okay. so, so if anybody, if anybody's ever uh, picked blackberries, you'll probably know you can relate to this. So we owned a cabin down on the Mulberry River in Arkansas. It was in the national forest, essentially. We had to trespass over two two pieces of property to to get to to get to our cabin. And of course, in the national forest, there's blackberries. Anyway, this is this is sort of incriminating too because they can probably get arrested for picking blackberries in the national forest. <laughs> so, so anyway, and trespassing over national forest land to get to my cabin. <laughs> but, uh, but all that said, um, my wife, who is, you can only talk to her about foraging. That's her. That's her bailiwick. She's got like jars of weeds that she's chopped up and when i get sick she makes me eat them and stuff like that she's the ultimate forager so she goes out and she wants to pick everything you can eat out of the national forest so um she uh public so, it's public so it, but it's blackberry it's season right july 1st is blackberry season so we uh-huh. go plant we we go pick blackberries and i can't pick like i love blackberries but i i can't just pick them i pick one and put one in my bucket and then i eat one so we we did this from saturday and saturday and sunday and um and you know, this was 2014 so i guess we go to check the calendar which i didn't i think I think the first of the 14th was Monday. So let, let's let's make the story that way. We we pick blackberries all day, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And I had to have eaten a gallon of blackberries. I was feeling healthy wise, I was feeling fine. Sure. I went to right. bed and I but I had to get up and make a trip. I was working for White Commercial. I had to get up and make a trip. And but the most important thing, I was going to call on a new customer or or a potential customer. And all that said, it becomes a very important part of the business because you get a new customer, of course. But you kind of make excuses like you could kind of mosey down to Mississippi to call on a new customer. But you have to like have an excuse to go. So I had it. We had a customer that built a new port on the Mississippi River. So I made an appointment on Monday to go see him. And then Tuesday, I was going to Mississippi to, to call on a potential new customer. So anyway, there's other parts of this story that you have to realize. It's an overnight trip. And I didn't want to take a suitcase. I really didn't have too many clothes. And I mean, I was in my cabin. I was living in Kansas City. I was down in my cabin. So I there's no clothes involved, no suitcase. Basically, I I mean, I I may have 
had socks and underwear, but I don't think I did. But <laughs> so I was just planning on just going as fast as I could. Visit the Arkansas customer and go to Mississippi. So we're up uh, north of Clarksville in Arkansas. It's about 30 miles from I-40. And the, the other thing is, the only way to get to our cabin was you had to have a four-wheel drive. So I had this old Jeep that I was going to drive on the business trip. I would never do that. The Jeep, the, the thing about the Jeep is that the key wouldn't come out of the ignition. So, so, so anyway, I mean, it would start and run just fine, but the key wouldn't come out of the ignition. So yeah. I'm thinking, boy, when I get to the motel, I don't know, I'm going to park under my under a window someplace, you know, so I can watch my Jeep so, so <laughs> nobody can drive off in my stupid old Jeep. And it wouldn't, the doors wouldn't lock at all. So <laughs> the doors wouldn't lock and you couldn't. So anyway, that's kind of the basis for this story. <laughs> uh, got this old Jeep that I'm having to drive on a business trip. And so, so all that said, I take off, I get five miles from the cabin and I started having stomach cramps like you would not believe. And I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to live through today, you know? <laughs> so I'm thinking, do I pull off, you know, on a four service road? Of course, I'm in, I realize I'm in really bad trouble, but I got no, I'd, suck it up, you know, and suffer a little bit and try to get and hover to, action, trying to get to a truck stop. So yeah. anyway, are there any questions at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Crystal clear. <laughs> okay. So, so we're coming down, I get on I-40 and I'm headed east to Mississippi and my sickness has not subsided at all. So, so I whip it into a pilot truck stop and when I get in there and I realize now I'm in on an interstate, there's people everywhere. I've got a Jeep that will not lock, <laughs> you know, and the keys in it. So I'm like, well, what do I do now? I'm like, I, I swear I drove around the parking lot three or four times, but I had to go inside and get some relief, you know, for my stomach cramps. So anyway, <laughs> the, um, so I, I pull up to the front door and I'm thinking, you know, the world's an honest place. I'll just go in. So I, I went in and suffered the consequences inside that needed to be suffered. And so all that said, I get back in, I get back in the Jeep and head, head east, head on east and feeling a little bit better. But I go maybe 10 minutes and I'm starting same problem I had back up in the woods, starting to get cramps again. But this time, the stupid Jeep, the air conditioning go out. Now, it's July 1st. It had to be 104. And, and man, I'm thinking, there's no way I can go to Mississippi in 140-degree temperature. Yeah. In so I'm going down the interstate. I get all the windows rolled down. <laughs> and and I, my stomach is just killing me. So the next major town was Conway, Arkansas. And I got to thinking, you know, you know, I I know about Conway. Where could I stop and go to the bathroom real quick? <laughs> so, so so anyway, the only thing that I could think of at that time was that my wife had bought musical instruments from a, a musical instrument store that was right off the interstate. So I whipped it off the interstate and piled it into the music store. And I asked the lady sitting there, can I use your restroom? And she said, no. 
<laughs> and I said, no, seriously, you want me to use your restroom? Said, no, 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 we do not let customers use the restroom. I said, no, where is it? And she she pointed in the back. So I went through the I went through the employee entrance out into the back and looking for the restroom. And I went in there and seriously, folks, I have never trashed a bathroom worse than I did that day. And it was disgusting. It was the most horrible thing. I I felt so guilty having like forced myself into this lady's bathroom. And I knew she if she walked back there, she'd kill me. So so I'm thinking, how can I make this up to her? You know, because of course she's gonna find it. So so I go in there and I'm looking around at the musical instruments, and they had like ukuleles hanging up on the wall and um they were all different colors so i mean like orange not not typical just weird you know that you'd you'd find in jamaica or something i guess you could say is the reason they had them. <laughs> so so anyway they had a pink one so i told the lady i said how much are the ukuleles you know and she's like well they're like 10 bucks. I'm like, 10 bucks isn't enough for trashing the ladies, <laughs> ladies restroom. Now I was really feeling guilty. So I said, well, I'll take a pink one, you know? And so I said, you got anything else? <laughs> you know? So I looked over there, there's a banjo sitting there. <laughs> there's a banjo sit, sitting on the floor. So I thought, well, hell, I'll just buy a banjo. So I bought the banjo and, and I still play that banjo to this day. I'm really glad I bought it. But, but do I, you I, think I, about this day every time you play it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I actually played it this morning because I, th I thought I was going to have to tell this story today. <laughs> but it's not a good banjo, but it's a it's a banjo. You know, it doesn't have a resonator on the back or anything like that. But it it sounds okay. But anyway, not when I play it. You know, Banjo Ben, he, he says that if you take up the banjo, you're going to lose friends and your your family's going to disown you. It's really true. I only play it outside. So, <laughs> so, anyway. so all that said, uh, we need to probably get back to July 1st. Yeah. Um, so uh, I go into the store and so I buy a ukulele and a banjo, which is probably $150 worth of stuff. And um, I felt better about it. So I walk out and now I've got the plan. Now I've got to make a plan. I've got a Jeep that doesn't have an air conditioner and I have a Jeep that won't lock. So, so now what am I going to do? So I'm like, man, you know, probably the best thing to do is to just drive to the Little Rock airport and rent a car because I leave my, my Jeep with the key in it in the, in a secured parking lot with cameras. Now I probably wouldn't mind leaving in a Walmart or something like that. But really, if now that I think about it, I, I sort of probably should have parked at someplace where somebody would have stolen it. Right. You know, <laughs> but, but uh, all that said, I didn't. I went to the airport and, and the airport's kind of a comedy too, because when you park in the, public parking you got those little buses driving around that wants to pick you up to go to the airport to catch your flight not me i'm getting a rental car 
I go back into the parking lot, park my rental car next to my Jeep and start unloading it. And I'm unloading, of course, I don't have a suitcase. I have no clothes. So the only thing I'm trying to get out of there, I don't want anybody to steal my pink ukulele or my banjo. So I'm taking that with me. So I'm I'm transferring it from one car to the other. I look up and the the uh, shuttle bus comes and stops. And and I didn't really even notice it. And of course, the long story short is I've I've crapped my pants, you know. <laughs> so so I've got my back to the shuttle bus. I've got my back to the shuttle bus, not really even knowing that I have this problem. <laughs> and I'm unloading a pink ukulele and and a banjo. These people, I, I finally looked around and all the people that go into the flights are looking at me like, what is this guy doing, you know? And now, <laughs> and I didn't think it was funny at the time, but now looking back on it, it's hysterical. And, you know, I've been those people in those buses. I'm like, like what is this a-hole doing, you know? <laughs> Why can't we get to our flight, you know? So finally, I, I realized what was happening, and I, I turned and had to go talk to the bus driver and tell him to go on. <laughs> I thought I ought to get on the bus and tell the story up until this point, you know? <laughs> so the story gets better, guys. So I get in the rental car. It was so good to have air conditioning. I head to Helena, Arkansas, and uh, I go into the client. Now, keep in, keep in mind, I don't really know that I have a problem with my pants. I don't really know that. But I guess if my olfactory senses were working, I should have. But, um, I thought go, you stepped in something, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would have thought of. So I go in. And I, I, it's kind of a strange customer, but they, they, they keep the door locked because it's a, you guys ever been there? Oh yeah. 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 They keep the door locked because it's a real bad neighborhood. So the, um, so they unlock the door, the lady unlocks the door. She looks at me kind of strange. And when I step through the door, you know, and then I walk <laughs> down the hall to the, to the Billy's office that I was seeing and I, you know, I start to smell myself at this point. So I'm starting to become aware. And then I'm thinking, you know, I've got a problem. I got a bigger problem than I think. As it turned out, this is not my biggest problem. It's my <laughs> second biggest problem for the day. My Jeep was not my biggest problem. This was this is this was not my biggest problem. But but I go into the office and I realize at this point. The lady, I now know why she was looking at me funny. So, so, and she kind of followed me down the hall and I was like, no, 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 I, I know where I'm going, you know? So I go in there. I don't want to sit down. It's a nice office. I don't want to sit down. I know better at this point. So, so I'm like, I'm standing up talking to him. And I give him the story. I'm headed to Mississippi. I just want to step, stop in and say hi. And he's like, you know. Why don't you have a seat? Uh, no, 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 I'm in a hurry, you know. Why don't you have a seat? No, I can't sit down. So he's like, hey, like we got the new port finished over there. Why don't you, let's go look at it. And he stands up and grabs his keys. I'm like, no, 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 I can't do this. There's no way. There's no way. No way. So so he's, we start headed to the parking lot. And I'm sort of, I'm, 
I'm walking, trying to walk with him. I'm trying to walk backwards. <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't look at my rear end. So, and I'm thinking, boy, I got to ride in this guy's truck. This is not good, not good, not good. But, but thankfully, the tour of the port was mostly outdoors. So, two-minute ride over there, and we got, we got, I got the tour. I couldn't say goodbye quick enough. And I headed to, I headed to Mississippi. He got me back to the office. Of course, come on in, you know, have a Coke. No, we can't do that. I got to go. <laughs> so, so I, I jumped in the rental car. I never thought until this very moment, I never got a cleaning bill on the rental car, but <laughs> they probably totaled it. <laughs> but anyway, um, oh, I head to Mississippi and I check into the Holiday Inn Express in Greenwood, Mississippi. I'm feeling a little better because of the convenience store drugs that I've been taking. So, and that that was good. So, so I I get I check into the Holiday Inn Express, and I. I immediately take a shower, take all my clothes off, of course, and put them over in a pile. And I get in the shower, and and now I'm I'm clean, clean myself up. I'm feeling better. I'm thinking, how am I gonna get to Walmart? I'm gonna have to go put these dirty clothes on and go to Walmart and buy new clothes. And I'll say this, so far you haven't heard the worst thing that happened. <laughs> so so I'll say all that to, to say that now I got a pile of clothes that I'm going to have to put back on and go to Walmart. Walmart was across the street, thank goodness. So, so I sit on the bed and I call my wife to tell her that I had made it safely and basically to see if I could cheer up her day based on telling you the story I just told you. <laughs> so so I'm sitting there telling her the story and blaming her for making me pick blackberries. <laughs> and and I look down, guys, I kid you not, I look down talking to her and my right leg was completely covered with blood. Completely covered with blood. I And I feel nothing. I feel nothing. I, I I'm, I'm bleeding, and I mean it's excessive amounts. It's start the the bedspread starting to soak up the blood. It's that bad, and and so I still got you know a cell phone, and I still got the cell phone on. So I run into the bathroom to try to to try to figure out where I'm bleeding. I'm telling my wife I'm bleeding. I don't know where I'm bleeding. And and I'm sitting there, and the blood's starting to pool on the bathroom floor. It's unbelievable. And so I still, I mean, I'd just gotten out of the shower. I have no idea what happened. And I start to examine myself. And, you know, if you ever seen an artery pumping blood, when I grabbed my unmentionables, I guess you should say, because <laughs> you have to mention it for the sake of the story. It's spurting blood, spurting, but just like it cut an artery. And uh. I have no idea why. So uh, I'm talking to Kathy. I'm telling my wife this. And she said, well, if you think about it, you probably knocked a tick off in the shower. <laughs> so, okay. So that's my explanation for bleeding to death. So, so, so let's say... <laughs> 
I I mean I I never found that. She said, start looking for the tick. I said, no, I'm bleeding to death. I can't look for the tick. <laughs> She's convinced the tick went down the drain, you know. <laughs> so, all that said, um, now what do I do? So I, I start putting uh, towels, and it took me 10 minutes to get the bleeding to stop. And uh, so I've trashed the seat sheets. Luckily, it had like two queen beds, so I... I didn't have to sleep on the bloody bed, but <laughs> the the other bed was was you know available. And of course, I every towel, every towel, and you got to really appreciate holiday appreciate Holiday Inn for giving me so many towels because nowadays they limit those things, you know, in those hotels. But I mean, I bloodied every towel, and uh, so I finally jumped back in the shower and washed off and and got the bleeding to stop and uh anyway that's kind of my story but the then i had to go put the dirty clothes on and go to walmart buy me new clothes and come back and take the clothes off and take another shower because i was defiled from the old clothes <laughs> <laughs> and and uh so so now i can't sleep i mean i'm not worried about my health at this point I am sort of worried that somebody's going to steal my Jeep, but, uh, but I'm not going to lose my <laughs> instruments. And, um, I, I did have to carry the, I did bring the instruments in from the parking lot and all day. So nobody would steal them. So all that said, so now all night long, I'm thinking, what am I going to tell the hotel now that I ruined their room? You know? <laughs> and I was really nervous about what to tell them. And I was like, you know, the white commercial i work for white commercial they are so awesome i think if i tell them hey you know they're going to charge me ten thousand dollars to redo this motel room that they'd easily have written a check you know so <laughs> that's what i told myself i'm not sure that would have happened but, <laughs> so i'm going down to get my free breakfast free breakfast and uh, all that said I'm sitting there looking at the lady at the desk and I'm, I just get nervous all over again. I'm thinking, how am I going to tell them what happened? So I, I finally decided I was going to make up a story that I had a wound that I tried to dress and it got away from me. And, you know, so anyway, I had this story all concocted. So I walked <laughs> up, I walked up to the, um, to the desk and I said, I've got a confession to make. I said, I had this wound I said, it's kind of in a place I can't really talk about, but I said, I, I was trying to, to put a new dressing on it and it got away. And I said, I have destroyed the room up there. And I said, you, I said, I can't tell you how much I apologize, but if you want to go look at it and tell me how much money I owe you, I'm thinking, you know, I got $25,000 American Express limit on my card. They could put it on that. And she starts laughing. And she says, I said, what are you laughing at? And she says, well, she says, we find hotel rooms like that all the time. And I said, you do? And she says, yeah. And she says, nobody ever tells us they did it. She says, we're just funny thing. And it's funny that you tell us. <laughs> I thought, well, I guess that was an option. I guess I could have just left. I kind of felt like my name was on the room. They filled me if they'd wanted to. So, so anyway, I go, I go back upstairs to my room to get my pinky ukulele and there's a, um, 
made with her cart in the hall. And as I walk down the hall, she starts laughing. And so I I go to my room and she says, I told her, I said, you know, I have a little problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard. I heard poor baby. You know, she started kind of sweet talking me. Just don't <laughs> worry about it, honey child. You know, all that is really great. And she says, you know, she says, just take whatever you want out of that room and I'll just throw the rest of it away. So anyway. <laughs> There you go. That's the July 1st, 2014 story. It's the blackberries, man. It's the blackberries. It's all blackberries. The tips, the ticks, being sick, and the tick was the problem of the blackberries. Yeah. I'm convinced. It could yeah. have been something else, but I don't know. God. Unbelievable. So, so listeners, take heed. <laughs> when you get the when you get the urge to go pick blackberries this summer. Don't eat them. <laughs> Bring them home. Put them in a cobbler. <laughs> Golly, so the and life check of yourself a for ticks on the road. Check yourself for ticks. <laughs> That's right. Always do a tick check. You've been out in the woods. Golly, the Brad Paisley song. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, thanks Somebody for sharing. That's, that's about phenomenal. This. That's so we we hope everyone else can appreciate uh, that story like we do. We that's. We, it, it, we talk I really don't care if they own this is great. This is all for me. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of hope I didn't offend anybody. I always take pride in being able to tell dirty jokes and make something. I, I don't nah, want to be I able to good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. I think it I think it's good. Well, we'll uh we'll send any hate emails your way or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh you know, I don't know. We'll see if somebody sends Black Marys in the middle yeah. after this. <laughs> Uh, so hey so you spent uh, a ton of time obviously on the road and uh you know m- most uh most trips weren't as eventful as that one but uh but you helped a lot of people over the years and everything and <clears throat> now i i said you're semi-retired you retired from that that line of work and now you've started um with uh with the foundation uh, continuing kind of Mr. White's dream, but not on the not on the white commercial, not on the business side, but more um, the other side of things, scholarship things, and all yeah, that he, sort of stuff. So he established a, a about he established a nonprofit, and okay. I tried to retire at fifty nine and a half, and and uh, the the board of the Agricultural Scholarship Center, as they call it, they asked me if I'd be the program director for the for a class that they wanted to run and uh this is our plug for that class that class um, i always get 10 people every six months or basically we don't do it in the fall the class runs basically from december to may and sometimes if i got a bunch of procrastinators it morphs on to harvest so anyway um, and you procrastinators out there know who I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so, so all that said, the um, it's a it basically the class goes where we're teaching grain merchandisers, and it's a hundred percent scholarship. We pay travel and all that. The um, and basically we're going to have a, a class on how to merchandise grain how to administrate that merchandising, how to originate grain. And we get into some accounting, deeper levels accounting. And so it's about, 
one class a month, uh, travel a month to a workshop. And then we have like weekly, weekly uh, phone calls, Zoom calls, where they have somebody from the industry come and talk to us about some aspect of the industry. And we don't have them tell stories like I just told them. It's all seriously <laughs> and above board. So, so, <laughs> so, um, and then you take the um, grain merchant certification <clears throat> course online, sort of in your own time. And that's where the procrastination, when you say at your own pace, the pace I'd like people to perform at isn't necessarily what they perform at, you know? So that's why it kind of morphs into the end, but we're supposed to be through at the end of May. Okay. Technically there's enough time to get the whole thing done from D's to May. And if, and we've actually have slots available for this coming December, if anybody interested, but one thing I'll say about the course is that I've had people, that came out of other industries that uh, didn't know anything about the grain business and went through the course and got a job with like a major grain company. And the major grain companies now call me and say, can you have any more of these people? So yeah. really, that's what I'd like to find somebody that would like to change occupations within the grain business mm -hmm. and become a merchandiser or maybe move from one industry into the grain business. I had a truck dispatcher one time that thought he wanted to become a merchandiser and he took the course and he, after he took the course, he decided he didn't want to become a merchant. He yeah. wanted to stay. To, so, so, so all that, but we spend the foundation excels. We spend excessive amounts of money to get people all over the country, flown flown to different workshops, right. and we we try to be somewhat centralized, but sometimes we fail in that, or we end up down in Florida or someplace, and, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I never heard any complaints on that stuff. Right, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a super program. I know White Commercial. So we've we've hired two uh, people that have been through it now at this point. So. Uh, really good program. And, and I will say, you know, plug for the program, of course, like Scott said, it's, it's, uh, I, I mean, designed to within what, four or five months, you have the, um, you know, the wherewithal of the merchandising side that typically, if you were just going to go to a company and just try to learn it as you go, it's going to take you you're going to get in four or five months what it'll probably take you a few yeah. years. To yeah. Get yeah. Right. Easy. If, if this thing had been available, you know, 20 years ago, yeah. that'd have been so greatly accelerated. Awesome. So if if you're listening and, and that interests you, or if you have somebody at your organization that you think, man, that'd be great if we could just kind of speed up their their onboarding process a little bit, this will absolutely do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh or if you're in college listening to this and you're yeah. you know wanting to look at this route, man, reach right. out. So you got and you like Scott said, you you got a lot of conversation and and interaction with people that have been doing it a long time that can then kind of mentor you. And of course, Scott himself, who did it for I don't know, what 40 years or something yeah. um himself uh he's with them every step of the way and and I will say one of the things of the program that I've people have gone through it one of the biggest kicks I get out of it is listening to Scott Hardy's stories you just heard a couple of them you heard you heard this one which is a, a grand one for sure but he's got ones just 
and, I mean, and you know the other thing about those groups it seems like they form some pretty tight bonds yes and uh and, and which we all know that the, the big part of this industry is your networking and uh, being able to rely on others and to reach out on things and this has been pretty cool to see people that would not have come together otherwise uh forge these relationships and maintain them as they go out into the industry no matter what yeah. which part sure. of the industry they're in so the the one thing i will say is that the uh logistic people that want to move inside type of thing mm -hmm. that's a it's a good thing for them and we haven't ever taken high school graduates but i wouldn't say it wouldn't i wouldn't entertain that somebody getting out of high school and didn't know what they wanted to do mm -hmm. might work it's fine yeah right. and um it's kind of frustrating for me not to have people in the class that are hireable after it's over with because a lot of people come come to from elevators that they're going back to those elevators sure but yeah, yeah. anyway if yeah, i could so, find a, what i really like to do is find a core group of someplace like i've tried ffa and it doesn't really work like i can't really but the University of Arkansas is actually they teach they teach grain merchandising, but they send occasionally a personal graduate and they want to go mm -hmm. through the thing. So and I've had several of them through the class. But if you're just getting out of college and you're not sure what you wanted to do, of course, nowadays, those people are rare with the unemployment rate like it is. They have some idea what they want to do. But I feel like the days coming where people are like, I don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> yeah and so if, if you're interested in in that or have somebody that is uh definitely just start looking into it right now they start in december but obviously you got to apply and get approved and all mm -hmm. that stuff um you know it's not like getting into harvard or anything but you know you do have to go through the process a little bit and uh and and all that so how how do they do that where do they go so the the asc website is ascapply.org okay. uh, ascapply dot org okay easy peasy and yeah and then you want to get on the uh merchandising skill building program is what what right, you're right, talking right, about right. What, what we've been talking about so that's the thing you want to do because it, it'll there's also it, it gives out scholar just regular scholarships too and that's available on that website but the this right. program is the merchandising skill building program so that's yeah that's and that's the website to go to if you're in college you need to definitely apply for a scholarship yep. there absolutely right right so anyways it's free money just apply that's right and sure. um the so it starts in december and usually with the basic uh basic merchandising workshop that that roger and i did so there you go we right. we uh, kick it off so good bad or indifferent i don't know but we do that <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah well we hope everybody enjoyed it uh enjoyed this story as much as we do uh and yeah ascapply.org if you are interested or have someone interested and other than that we'll see you next time thanks scott thank you i appreciate it as always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. 
Until next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Oh!